Welcome back to the Hump Day edition of Ball Don't Lie. We got a lot to get into. We had records being broken all over the hardwood last night. We also have to get the preview in as the Texas Longhorns are less than 24 hours, right around 24 hours away from a big game against the Washington Huskies in the Bolero Alamo Bowl. We got the flex coming up at 345 where we're going to talk a little bit about basketball as well. Because there's a lot of tournaments and a lot of kids trying to chase them, them dreams of getting to a state championship. We got special guests in the 4 o'clock hour. We got a lifetime Longhorn that will join us in the Hard Knocks life to talk about that performance that we saw last night from Marcus Carr. And off the record, Patrick, some guys, there's a Cheez-It Bowl that's out there. But there's some guys that are going to have some benefits of playing in the Cheez-It Bowl. We'll get into that controversy as well. I don't know if it's really controversy, but I don't know if I like Cheez-Its that much. We will also talk about all the quarterbacks that are having some life changes. One of them is my man Patrick Davis's new team. And I don't know if he's going back to the Houston Texans. We got all that and a lot more. And we're also going to preview the Texans and the Cowboys. RJ Ochoa. From blogging the boys will join us at 5:30, and T.O. can't stay out the news. But hey, this isn't a bad thing all the time. I promise you that. We'll get all that going as well. And I'll ask my man Patrick Davis, who had a front row seat to last night's game, but he is the man behind the glass. Our man Rod Babers still on vacation, coming back today. Coming back today, so we will have our pregame show tomorrow at Lavaca Street, uh, Rock Rose. Make sure you come out there. But without further ado, the man who brings Lou, the unofficial mascot of Ball Don't Lie, to the show during the week is my man Patrick Davis. Pete, how's it going, brother? It's going good, man. It's going good. I got a front row seat to to a heck of a performance last night. To some so. history, as they to like some to say. As some history, as they like to say. Well, let's let's not bury the lead. Let's go right into it. Last night there was a lot happening on the hardwood, and in the first eighteen minutes. Of the first half, Marcus Carr posted 33 points, going 11 of 15 from the field as the Longhorns defeated Texas A&M Commerce 97-72. But the beautiful thing about that game, Patrick, was all the players were looking for him. They weren't trying to ISO him out, you know, because sometimes I've seen it happen many of times where a guy get hot, but guys won't try to find him. And those are some of the things that kind of frustrate me when you're watching basketball. It's like, my man is shining. Keep giving him the rock, especially if he's hot like that. I could understand if he's not making it. And I do appreciate the fact that you texted me last night and said, I guess Marcus Carr kind of heard what you was talking about. (laughs) But he went out there and showed up, and he showed out. Unbelievable performance. He's the first player to score at least 40 points in a game since Reggie Freeman did it when he scored 43 points at home against Fresno State December 14, 1996. The 41 points tied his collegiate career, I mean his collegiate career high in scoring, and he also tallied 41 points when he played for Minnesota in a game versus Nebraska. Let me just tell you this, and the fact that my man did not, he only had one turnover in the game last night, and that's one of my biggest pet peeves is 
the value of the basketball, and he took it to to a whole nother level. No, that's why I was making funny last night because he was having such a good game. But we know <laughs> what you talk about is him dribbling too much. Yep. Like, he wasn't dribbling. He was not. He was just shooting. <laughs> but that was like you saw the defense for Texas A&M Commerce was basically really focused on making sure they didn't get people to the paint. And they're like, if they're going to hit threes on us and beat us that way, that's fine. And Marcus Carr said, okay, I'll set a record. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> in the first half. I'll know. He's set a record for most threes hit in a game, uh, tied the record for uh, most threes in a game by a Texas player ever. Yep. yep. Uh, and, uh, man, at the end of the game, that crowd really wanted them to give him the ball some more times. But, man, hats off to Marcus Carr because in the second half, he basically knew, hey, man, they're, they're overcompensating for me. Yep. And now we can just go inside all day long because now they're overguarding the three. Absolutely. And so then Christian Bishop lit it up. But Marcus Carr, like a complete game, is what you said, is that one turnover, yep. the assist he started to put up in the second half. And that's Marcus Carr putting up 41 points in a game where he played not in a, hey, man, I'm trying to score 41 points, right. but in a, I want to win a national championship way. That's a beautiful thing. And that is what impressed me so much was that he played, he was shooting so lights out. And, I mean, he took a couple shots and hit both of them. He's hitting everything he took in the second half, too. Right. But he wasn't forcing it. He wasn't really he was forcing. The flow of the game. I think the one he forced was when they gave him the ball with like two seconds left on the shot clock, and he had to shoot. Yeah, it and up. he had to yeah. shoot it. Yeah. yeah. But at the point, he, he was playing really good. Of and he would drive, and then Christian Bishop would roll to the rim, and they get him the ball, or Dylan Mitchell would roll to the rim, and they were just able to get those easy points. And when you're like, when you understand basketball well enough to play at that level, where mm-hmm. you can put up 41 points and be a facilitator, that's that next level of basketball that we've wanted to see from Marcus Carr of. Uh, not only an elite scorer, which we knew he could be, because we saw he put up 41 at Michigan or at, uh, uh, at Minnesota, Minnesota, yeah. But to also be an elite distributor and facilitator, and then play good defense on top of it, it was just that it was an all around great game from Marcus Carr. Yeah, and and as a team as well, when you got a guy that's cooking like that, you can get your assist up yeah. as well. So when guys start looking for Marcus Carr in that situation where he's filling every single shot. And let's not forget about Dylan Mitchell, who was also 8 of 9, getting to the rim and being that uber-athletic person that we've been wanting to see, especially driving the lanes. But you start looking at it, they had 28 assists to 10 turnovers. That's a well-played basketball game. And you know as well as I do, some of those are charges, some of those are balls that are, are shot clock violations. Those are considered turnovers, whoever has the ball. And then also throwing them out of bounds. I mean, there's so many different things that have happened, and we're starting to see this team kind of gel together. Uh, we talk about Tyrese Hunter. Tyrese Hunter was one of the first guys to congratulate him, and every time he got the ball, he was looking for Marcus yeah. Carr. And you could see it because that's that feel of what you were talking about. How do you win a championship? That is people, players understanding each other's roles and being able to go out there and execute it. Yeah, it was funny. Timmy Allen, uh, they're at a free throw line, uh, Texan and Commerce shooting free throws, and they put up the stat that Marcus Carr just tied the all-time record for t- uh, three-pointers made in a game. And so he's looking up, and you see him looking up because he hears a crowd cheer. So he looks up like, what are they doing to cheer? Like, yeah. the other team shooting free throws. <laughs> so he looks up, and Timmy Allen looks up, and you see Timmy Allen crack this huge smile and points at Marcus Carr like, it's him, and kind of gets tries to yeah. get the crowd up. And then he's like, oh, we're getting you shots. And then Timmy Allen was just looking for him. Exactly. Like, Timmy Allen was on the mission. He had eight assists as well. <laughs> he was going. And, I mean, he had a great game. But this was one of those things you see of a good team. And, yes, you're playing Texas A&M Commerce. There was a couple times in that game where you started to not – 
you know, they did some certain things. Like, they're a really fast and quick team. So they get to the basket. And, man, they have great body control around the rim. I'll give yep. them tons of credit for what they do. And that program uh, is going to continue to grow now through Division One. But to see that, you know, we could see it, Tyrese Hunter wasn't having a great game. He but, played well, but he didn't play great offensively. Right. He wasn't able to score as much. And Jabari Rice, just this was probably his worst game as a Longhorn, which is terrible because it's his birthday today. So I don't want to talk Man. about Jabari Happy Rice. Happy birthday, Sir Jabari. Because I love the way he plays. I think it was just a weird matchup. And once he got in his own head, I think he'll be up, bounce back fine when they play OU. But you could see where they were maybe a little bit lacking that Marcus Carr stepped up. And when you have those other players being able to step up, it really makes it up. And we saw Christian Bishop and Dylan Mitchell have big games on a game where Dylan DeSue sat. Yes. Because and it was just completely precautionary. I was there in warm-ups, and I turned to Craig and I go, man, it is good to watch this man hit windmill dunks in right. warm-ups. When we were a little worried last game, he, yeah. he didn't look like he was limping at all. So I, I'm not worried about Dylan DeSue at all. That It seemed to be completely precautionary. Like, hey, man, this guy's going to go out there and Let's just let's save him for Oklahoma. No doubt, no doubt. But to see Christian Bishop and and uh, Dylan Mitchell step up there, to see Marcus Carr step up where there's a little bit of void in the guard play, and still be able to come out and basically get that lead at the end of the first half and then blow him out in the second. Twenty nine points. Um, I mean, excuse me. He had forty one points in twenty nine minutes, almost thirty minutes of action, and he was efficient. He wasn't taking just crazy shots, yeah. but when he was feeling it. That is when you knew, okay, this could be a very special night. Lance Blanks was even um, mentioning that. He said, I think we're in for something special because you know as well as I do, you've been around the game for a very yeah. long time. When guys start feeling it, and you've heard Marcus Carr talk about it in the postgame about how the coaches were working with his shot and they were feeling that his shot was coming back to where it needed to be. Yeah. They started drawing up plays to get him the ball. And I love the fact of what you said, too, because I think that goes to one of those things, too. When a guy takes 19 shots and he's taking 10, uh, 50, he's taking 19 shots and 15 of them are from the three point line, some people look at it and say, oh, he was out there gunning. And it was not even close to that. He was out there playing within the flow of the game and he was having open jumpers. And I think the defensive game plan for, for, uh, Texas A&M Commerce was to let him shoot because, yes, he's been hot the last few games, but if you go back and you look at the inconsistency in which he was shooting before, people are like, oh, yeah, let's let him shoot it because he may or may not shoot himself out of the game. Yeah, but he ended up stroking them and making it so much better and fun to watch. Oh, exactly. And, I mean, and what Eddie Warren was talking about in the last game, and I think this is something that Rodney Terry is really trying to push in this offense – was you saw a lot of when a guy would drive to the basket, someone would fill right where that person was. Right. It's a great way to get an open shot because a lot of times defenses don't adjust correctly. Right. Well, if you're basically filling in, there's not an easy path to get a defender to come over and help that way. So if you pull the defense in and then someone else runs into that corner where the, def- the guy's driving baseline or if, you know top of the key or wherever you're at, they were able to do that really well. And Marcus Carr kind of got off a few shots that way of Timmy Allen drives – and all of a sudden, Marcus Carr just runs right where Timmy Allen was. The defense hasn't adjusted yet, and he's able to get that shot off. Yeah. They did that really well, and I think Ronnie Terry's done a good job of getting that offense starting to feel a little bit more rhythm in that sense of, hey, man, we're going to try and drive and attack the bucket. We're going to try that. But if they collapse, 
we have to be able to hit our threes. And if Marcus Carr's shooting like that, I think Tyrese Hunter, he's having a little stretch of not great. We saw what he could do earlier in the season. Yep, yep. I think he's going to step back. We saw Arterio Morris in the exhibition game against uh, Arkansas. Arkansas, I think, hit seven threes in that game. So we know these guys can get hot. And, man, if you get those guys and Marcus Carr and Tyrese Hunter and Jabari Rice and Arterio Morris and they're shooting like that come the end of the season, right? That is a dangerous, dangerous team. Yeah, and I, I and I've heard you know the conversation of the team possibly being a Final Four looking team, and we'll get into the conversation at uh, four thirty when we talk to a lifetime Longhorn about this. But when you start watching this team as they start to develop and start to gel, and it truly, and maybe it was last night, but I think the other night when we were when we were watching the game and they had another great shooting night. They shot fifty six percent from the field in this game and forty four percent. From uh, three-point land, most of that Marcus Carr, <laughs> most of that was yeah. Marcus Carr. Of the 12 three-pointers that they made, Marcus Carr made 10 of them. But when you start to look at this team and see how excited they are for each other, the brotherhood, the, the maturity that they're showing. I mean, because they could have been looking towards Oklahoma. They could have oh, came out there. And, I mean, you're talking about, you know, a couple days after Christmas. They yep. were all went home. Right. So you go home, you have the distractions, that adds into it. We just said Jabari Rice is his birthday today. So yeah, like, he was probably a, already trying to get out. Yeah, like there's a lot going on, and then it, there's just a lot happening this time. You're, you're also not in school, so you don't necessarily have the same regimen that yep. you're in. You're, yep. uh, you're straight on basketball all the time, but you can be sometimes too much basketball. You may lose your way. So uh, to see them go, and this is something that, again, this is what really good teams can do, is you have to be able to compete with good teams, which they've shown they competed against they beat Gonzaga, mm-hmm. they beat Creighton, and they competed against Illinois. And they should have beat Illinois. They, they should have, the but I'll they say they the competed yep. against them. Yep. Uh, and then they're, they're blowing out these uh, these lower teams. And in years past, we've seen them where, hey, man, maybe you're blow, you blow out Gonzaga, but then you just are playing too close with a lot of these teams. Yep. This game was close in the first half, and then it pulled away. And we've seen that a couple times where it's like, hey, man, you know, it's 15. To, all right, now it's 20. All right, we're at 30. Maybe it'll come back down to 15, 20 at the end of the game. But they're they're getting big leads on these teams. And part of that for me is what you said. The offense looks like it's having fun. Correct. Like, you can play defense. This team is going to play defense. Yep. But you need to be able to out, go out there and have fun on offense and when you're not having fun, it just makes offense a lot harder. It makes you not feel confident in the passes, on the drives, on dribbling, all of that stuff. You just don't feel confident. When you're having fun, you really can't. You're hitting no-look passes. Right. And I don't know why that is, that, a, <laughs> that when you're focused really hard and thinking about it, you can't make a chess pass. Right. But when you're having fun, a no-looker over your back it with always one arm seems better. perfect. <laughs> exactly. I don't know why that is, but it is. Yeah. And so to see them doing that right now to build confidence going into what is going to be a really tough conference schedule. Absolutely. This Big 12 is stacked in in basketball. Uh, it's just it's good to see them get this to where they're going to be able to go back in their minds and back in tape and go, "Hey, remember when this was working? It's not that you're playing against you are playing against better defenses, but these defenses are playing hard against you because you're Texas A&M Commerce. Yep. That's circled on their schedule for sure. They want to beat you worse than Absolutely. any other team in their conference, like some of these games. So they're coming at you. They're playing as hard as they can. Every coach wants to make his name because man, if he beats Texas, oh, it's a couple. There may be another zero on that paycheck right. when he goes to that next job and he's got a, a you know a power five win. So you know that you're going against these bad guys' best efforts. You have to be able to go in and take care of business and have fun doing it. You gotta definitely do that. And headed into this weekend, you're going up against Oklahoma. 
you know, they're they're probably not going to be the best team um, that you can look at and say, oh, this is it. This is going to be one of your toughest battles. But this will be your toughest battle when you go up against a team for the first time on a true, true road test. Yeah. This is the first time. Your first this, road, actual road game you're playing this season. Exactly. New like, York at, doesn't at an, count. At an no, opponent's because, arena. Yes, you are at an <laughs> opponent's arena, Yeah, and uh, they don't like you in Oklahoma, I've heard. Yeah, that's what the rumor <laughs> is. We don't know for sure, but one of the things we do know is you have to be prepared, and this is where the maturity comes in, right? You have to be prepared for what the storyline is at the University of Texas right now. Rodney Terry's done an unbelievable job, and the team seems to be playing a lot freer. Yeah. It seems to be the flow seems to be a little bit more of get up and down the floor. Let's go ahead and if we're open, pull the shot. Let's not grind down the clock. Yes, we want to work the ball around the perimeter, get it into the big guys, open up some things. But it's, it doesn't seem to be that set part of it to where it's like, all right, we're going to wind down and move the ball around so we can get to 10 seconds left on the clock and then get in our offense. It doesn't seem that flow for me. No, no, I, and I'll tell you this. They have they made an emphasis on it this year of trying to get down the court and get into an offense a lot faster than they had been in the past. Yeah. And we saw last night that when AM Commerce kind of came back and went on, I think, a 9-0 run on them, they were basically – they AM Commerce was getting up good shots. They were hitting some stuff. But the problem was Texas wasn't responding to that by immediately trying to attack back on the other end. Right. And when they did that, they got in their set offense, which can get stagnant. And that was kind of the problem. And that was where we saw Rodney Terry call a timeout when it was the official's timeout was due. And he was like, no, I'm about to go yell at my players real yeah, quick. Yeah. And be like, man, y'all got to run and want this. And after that, we it, it started to flip right in the way it was supposed to be yeah. going. But, yeah, it was it, that has been a big emphasis of – Look, it's not even just about getting down the court. It's about getting down the court and creating mismatches, especially when they're playing man-to-man, that if you can drive to the bucket and make the wrong guy cover you, then we're already setting up that their defense can't be set the way they want it to be. Right. And from that point, we're playing from the advantage. So it's not even about getting a shot off in the first five, ten seconds. It's about trying to create mismatches and get guys not where they want to be, get guys to where they're on the back of their feet and they're on the balls of their feet instead of on the tips of their toes. Yeah. You want to be able to be pushed back and in, in defensive mode and not ready to go make a steal, not ready to play in the passing lanes. If you can get them set in that mode by running back down the court, that's great. And then you have a deep enough team, you're able to run a lot more than a lot of these teams can because we saw it last night. Man, that, that team was really fast and really they quick. They were very But quick, once you man. started to get to the end, that was when they started kind of just running into guys and falling over. And getting to the free throw line a lot yep. more, which they were getting those calls. Some of them I maybe not have called <laughs> at the end of a game, right? But they were basically just running at guys instead of running around them by the end of the game because they were too tired. And that's why I wanted to ask you the question because the guard play for uh, Texas A&M Commerce those those guards were quick, they quick were, and fast. Man. They were very agile when they were trying to get into the lane. And Great they were body getting, control, man. Yes. I was so impressed with some of yep, their moves exactly. around the basket of. Weaving around guys, and Texas knows we're not. They were dying not to get in foul trouble. Right. They're trained not to do that. And you go, look, most guys can't run full speed, make a cut, switch ball hands, <laughs> exactly. and put it in the basket. Exactly. It's just a hard shot to hit. And if you're playing at Texas A&M Commerce, you don't expect them to you're hit. You're not expecting. You expect that. to, you know, if you're playing against Creighton, yeah, maybe yeah. Creighton can do it. Right. But Texas A&M Commerce, you don't expect that. So 
they I hats off to them for being able to do that. Texas made a correct enough adjustments. And yeah, they were they were making him shoot free throws at the end of the game, but they also made him miss a lot more near the end of the game. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Texas will travel to Norman, Oklahoma, this Saturday, one p.m. Uh, start. And Oklahoma is nine and three on the year, so this is going to be, a, you know, it's a it's a conference game, and the Big Twelve is one of the toughest conference that's out there yeah. when it comes to basketball. So there's a lot to expect. Um, we'll get some conversation going, and I see everybody talking about. Well, not everybody just. Talking about this Texas A&M commerce, it's not. It doesn't matter if they're hapless or not. What happens is you have to worry about yourself. Hey man, you got to win the game. You got to win the game and be impressive in the style in which they did it. Well, at the end of the day, get a dub. It don't matter. You got to win the games that are scheduled. That's all you can do. You won by enough points. You did a good job. And they covered. I get it. And and Texas A&M commerce. I will tell you as much as yes, you should have won by thirty. Yeah, you should have won by thirty. There's also a point where that team was better than I was expecting them to be. They had really good guard play. Uh, I mean, and I think the coach understands that you can see it. That they're they're transitioning to D one. Yep. Texas should win by thirty. Yep. We we get that, but we watched this team play games they were supposed to win by thirty and win by ten. Right. And, and then we've we seen have people coming in and talk about man, I can't believe they only beat them by ten. So so we're excited going in the conference play because yes, you're right. Any Texans that are saying we're we're hyping this up too much, you're right. Though we are hyping up a lot because the real season starts on on uh, Saturday, Saturday yep. when we play Oklahoma, and that is when the season starts. We all know that, but man, I'd much rather be walking into there with this feeling yep. than walking in no uh, going like, man, there's still a lot of problems to fix. <laughs> exactly. Texas going in 11-1. and uh, Oklahoma is 9-3, and and it's going to be a big matchup as we start Big 12 play. One of the things that we need to talk about as well, Luka Doncic. I know we're, we're we're trying to transition, and we haven't really dove into basketball just yet because there's a lot of diff- there's a lot of storylines that are out there that we can get into. But good gracious, what Luka Doncic did last night is something to that nobody's ever seen. I mean, sixty points is a franchise the the most points in the game franchise history, new career high, most points ever scored at the American Airlines Center. Uh, only player to ever in the history of basketball to have a 60, 20, and 10 line. Now, last night we were having this conversation. I was talking to my son, and he is, you know, Mr. Google. He will find all the answers <laughs> for you. And he was like, well, Will Chamberlain this. Will Cham-. I was like, "That I understand that. That doesn't equate to what he's done because the numbers aren't the same. Yeah. It's a 60.20 in 10 assist game. Yeah. No, it, it's it's ridiculous. And, yes, we can go into the stats of, you know, this guy has this connection. Yep. We're not saying Luka Doncic has had a better career than Will Chamberlain. Never will. That's I don't think say. so. Yeah. But what it is to say, that is insanely impressive, especially from a guard, especially from a guy who doesn't necessarily have the athletic ability to do things that other guys can do. Like, when you look at – it's just crazy to me when you look at Joker and, and, and Doncic – when you look against, you're like, well, yeah, you got a Greek freak who is an amazing player and has done so much and he's improving his shooting even more. But you go, yeah, that guy's like, if he's not an all star, right. he's a disappointment. Whereas Doncic could be just an all star and you'd be like, well, oh, that's a good player. And to have him put up these insane numbers and then to intentionally miss a free throw. Oh, my gosh. Get the rebound back. Just have that clutch gene. How many times have you ever seen it work? 
Well, that's what, no, but not only it worked. <laughs> and but, then he got the ball back. And then he gets the ball back <laughs> and then hits the shot. Exactly. And then turns around and tells him to play defense. <laughs> like, I, mean, I just, I love it. It's a clutch gene. And it's one of those things, if, you, if you're not a fan of NBA basketball, I get it. There's things that sometimes people don't enjoy about the game today. Yeah. Luka Doncic is just fun to watch because he just, it constantly seems like, well, he can't do that. And then he does it. Well, and he's, he, let's just say it, he's, he doesn't look like the most athletic guy out <laughs> he's there. Nuts. He's like the Joker. No, you know, he, like, he's like Jokic. And then he walks off the court and they go, what, good game. And he goes, I need a recovery beer. <laughs> I mean, my type of guy, but. Yeah. I sit there and I'm just like, you start looking at these numbers. It's the second player ever with a 60-point triple-double. Second person ever to have that. And then you also look at he had 21 made field goals, which tied the most ever in the franchise history. He had 21 rebounds, which was his career high. In his third 50-point game, new franchise record for 50-point games. What he did is something that you would sit there, and especially when you go to the fact that they were losing the game. They were losing with 26 seconds left, and he was able to bring them back. And as soon as I saw him make that and they were going to overtime, I looked at my son I said, they're done. Yeah, New, ball game. That's ball game. The Knicks you, are done. No, you can't allow them to come back. And I mean, yeah. that was the one we saw Jalen Brunson didn't play for the Knicks too. Yep. Which he got to watch from the sideline as, hey man, I know they miss me. Which they do. Let's yep. be clear, they do miss him. Jalen Brunson's having a good season for the Knicks. The 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 Mavericks could really use him. But man, what he can do. Unfortunately, I still don't think he can keep this up for an entire length of a season into the playoffs. No. That is just unrealistic to expect. But I, if you can get him a little bit of help and get him some rest before the playoffs, if he can play like this in the playoffs, it just at for one stretch. I, I don't mean. Just remember, he played the entire summer when he went back home. He played yeah. the entire time, in which is one of those things that I'm sitting there looking and like, can his body hold up to do that? Well, he's not the most. Uh, it's kind of disrespectful to say he's not the most explosive, but he's because he's been dunking on people here lately a lot down the lane, <laughs> and he's posterizing people. And then you're like, well, he's not. Then he goes out and hits all the threes and brings his team back, and then he goes and gets bored. So you can't slight him anymore, and I don't think anybody truly is slighting him. I just think sometimes we're hyperbolic and we're looking at the yeah, moment. Yeah. But what he just did is something that's never been done. And I saw last night it said – 50-point, 20-rebound, triple-doubles. Luka Doncic, because he had 60. Uh, Wilt Chamberlain did it one time, and he did it twice, and then Elgin Baylor. Those are the people that he's with. Yeah, That's the, the, the class in which he's with. And the fact of what you said, he comes over and like, man, I need a recovery beer. <laughs> I mean, this dude is something that you would look at, and, and not one person, I don't think, if you walked into the gym would say, I want that guy. If you were just out somewhere yeah, else, yeah, yeah. not knowing who he was, but he was in a gym, <laughs> he would not be the guy that you would pick. And I heard somebody talking about this before, too. I mean, my dude, he's been playing professional sports since he was like 16 years old. Yeah. And he continues to put up these numbers. The problem is it all looks good until you get in the playoffs, and everybody's always talking about what has he done for championships. 
Well, he needs to get himself some other players, and I know that's what, you other need guys, to help because here's yeah. the deal: if you put up 60, 21, and ten, and you got to go to overtime, and you got to miss a free throw, <laughs> get the rebound, and hit it to go to overtime, <laughs> the teams they'll still need some. Yeah. So, Mark Cuban, please try and get him some help. Yep. Please try and get this man because I love to watch him in the playoffs, and I love to watch him playing well. But man, you need to get this man a little bit of help. And Christian Woods doing okay. Tim Hardaway Jr. missed more shots than Luca did last night. Right? Come on now, exactly. you can't be doing that. So That's yeah, very you, you got to get some help in there. And I don't know. I mean, you just don't have much to do that with. But uh, whatever you got to do to try and get somebody in there. Yeah, I, I, I just get some help. In get there. some help for this guy because he deserves it, and he's done so much to make that happen. And for the Mavericks and and my man Mark Cuban, you got the money, bro. Go get somebody. Somebody. I don't think they have the players to trade away, but you got to find something. To I, help there's going to be man. a lot of guys who are willing to give up uh, bad contracts or give up stuff and want draft picks back because it's just going to be a, it's going to be a buyer's market at the trade deadline this year. Go out and be a buyer, right? Because a lot of these teams are going right. to be looking because they're trying to play for Wimbayama and they're trying to play for Scoot Henderson. So a lot of these teams are going to be trying to get rid of people. Yeah, there's a lot of money that's going to be out there and a lot of guys that probably now want to play with Luka because why wouldn't you want to come to Texas, number one? Number two, you go to Dallas, you got you still have all the things that you want because you'll have so many other places to go and hang out and do yeah. the things, you, the networking that you will be able to do. I mean, there's a lot of opportunity there. Hey, man, don't there. you want to go win a ring? You want to try to win a ring, hey, and for I, sure. Hey, man, if you want to win a ring, there's worse people to attach your wagon to than Luka Doncic. <laughs> no doubt about it. We're just getting started. There was a lot of records that were set yesterday, and we're going to continue to talk about it. But coming up next, we're going to preview the Cowboys versus the Texans. And I, I guess we're just going to stay in Big D as we move along right here on Midweek Movie Music Theme on Ball Don't Lie, right here on 104.9 The Horn. Welcome back to a midweek movie edition of Ball Don't Lie. And I'm sitting here trying to figure out, and actually, that's a perfect song because I can honestly say, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I honestly can say that I don't know. Who is this singing, Patrick? This is Ruth Brown. Sounds kind of bluesy. Yeah. Maybe an old school film. I have no clue. All right. We'll, we'll, no we'll get you. I, I, again, I think by the time we get to four, you'll be good. Okay. But we'll, we'll see if you can pick in the next couple. Yeah. And I've, I've, I've minimized the specs text line. So y'all have at it. I'm, I'm not going to be able to see it here at all. So it's interesting to me, but. Man, that's a that's a smooth song, and it actually is uh, perfect because I don't know at all. But what I do know is that the Dallas Cowboys will be taking on the Tennessee Titans tomorrow night at seven fifteen on Amazon Prime. So make sure you know exactly where you're going to be watching that at. And also, the Longhorns will be playing uh, a little bit later at eight o'clock. So first time in a long time, or even ever, that I don't I've never 
had a chance to watch the Cowboys and the Longhorns at the same time, and I'm pretty giddy about this because I get to watch both of my teams play. But I'm, gi- the- I, I'm giddy as long as they're both winning. Yeah, that's a, a great statement. <laughs> great point there, Patrick. But uh, as we go into this ball game, there's some news that is coming out of Tennessee that on the injury report, it's saying that Derrick Henry, who by all accounts would be the only reason you would give the Tennessee Titans any hope to win this game. And I'm not trying to look at the Dallas Cowboys as world beaters. We saw what happened last week when the Philadelphia Eagles with a backup quarterback scored 34 points. Uh, Six of those points came from Dak Prescott, awarded by Dak Prescott. But you still thought that if Derrick Henry was on the field, Tennessee would have a chance. But all reports are leading with him being doubtful, and that's as of today, that seems to be a, a very tough task for them to be able to come out and beat the Cowboys. Cowboys are, if you go to matchup predictor, 88.2% chance of winning while, while the Tennessee Titans are 11.7. And also, Ryan Tannehill is out. So yeah. your quarterback's out and you're possibly your starting running back's out. And that leads you to believe that's why Dallas is a 11.5-point favorite as of right now. Yeah, I mean, it, this is – I mean, we see Malik Willis, we talked about it some yesterday, just really looks like he's not used to the speed of the game yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, he could have used some more time on the bench. So uh, he's going to go in against, you know, and try and pick apart this Dallas defense that has been a little bit more susceptible to it. But you were thinking, hey, man, we're going to have to sell out to to cover the, the run. run. Yeah. But if it's Damian Hilliard – yeah, you don't have to sell out near as much, but you can. I mean, you still you can gonna, make it. You can make it to where Malik Willis has it, to. Beat and it's you. the thing. Lane Van Der Esch is uh, listed as out again. He is not coming back this week. But that man, it's not. You know, you get another week of him where it's not necessarily where you're trying to just take down Derrick Henry. And you got you got to put two, three bodies. You <laughs> should be able to make some solo tackles and and slow him down with the less guys. But yeah, I, I mean, it, this becomes much more of the Malik Willis Traylon Burke show. And I don't know how scared I am of that right now. Uh, again, you got to go out there and play. We know if you get too loose with it, you turn the ball over, and anybody can win if you turn the ball over. It's the NFL. These guys are all good players. Yep. But this is a game that now, on a Thursday night, short preparation, they now don't have their starting quarterback. They don't have their starting running back. They trade away their starting wide receiver. Yeah. This is a yeah. team. Man, you, whew, on you, top- you, need to, you need to go out there. And show them what's up. And it, look, it's Thursday night. You're not going to probably put up a ton of points because that's how Thursday night football seems to work. Right. But you need to win this game decidedly. You need to cover. Let's put it that way. Yeah, you definitely need to cover. But here's the other thing. This is a tale of two different teams. Dallas Cowboys, they're secure in their playoff spot. The only thing they can hope is if Philadelphia loses the game, Cowboys go out and win. Philly loses two more games. They have a chance to get in there and be in that perfect spot. But you also are looking at a team – in the Tennessee Titans that are still fighting for that playoff spot, and now you don't have your starting quarterback there, possibly not your your bell cow of a running back that changes the game, and you're coming off of a five-game losing streak as of right now. So you sit there, and you just lost to the Texans a couple weeks ago. I mean, it, the Texans, you lost 19-14. to You lost to the Jaguars 17-14. to You lost to the Jag. I mean, excuse me. The Chargers 17-14, the Jaguars 36-22, Philadelphia 35-10, and Cincinnati 20-16. Your biggest problem is your offense, yeah. and you're not going to be able to 
Dallas is averaging right now 28.9 points per game. Tennessee is averaging 17.9. No, and and Dallas has been doing a good job. Even though they didn't run the ball a ton against Philadelphia, uh, they did use Tony Pollard in the passing game. Mm -hmm. They did some more short yardage passing and did control time of possession uh, once again. And if you're the Titans, that's kind of your entire game plan is controlling time of possession and not leaving your defense out there. If they're not able to run the ball effectively, this is going to be a long game to try and basically, I mean, again, it's basically trying to set up Traylon Burks away from away from Tra- uh, Trayvon Diggs, Diggs yeah. and just hope Malik Willis can get it out to him and, you know, hope that he can get open. That's really your big hope to get a couple points on the board. Other than that, look, I again, Hilliard is going to be a, he's an NFL running back. He can go in there and get you first downs. He can yep. play. But I don't think it's it's not nearly as scary as if it's Derrick Henry. I agree 100% with that. And that's why when you start looking at this game, what is it that you are trying to get out of it as the Dallas Cowboys? Are you trying to be sharper? Or do you want to, you know, obviously going into the game, the main goal should be no turnovers. Dak playing clean in the pocket. And he had a great game. And I don't know why people continue to – try to beat him up just because he threw that interception. It didn't cost him. He got it out of the way early, and after that, he rebounded and played some really, really good football. But you also have to look at, does this game have any meaning to the Tennessee Titans no. as far as Mike Vrabel? I mean, you I, I just think lost Mike five games in a row. I, I this think, will be six. I think it is, and I, if th- this I think that might be why he kind of throws a white flag on this game is to, if he goes, hey, man, if we go out there and really try and lose another one, yep. then it's harder to take than saying, oh, no, we, we're, we're resting our guys because we're trying to go beat Jacksonville the next week. So if you can go in and say, hey, man, the big game we're worried about is Jacksonville. We're trying to win the division because you can still win the division, and then that yep. keeps Mike Vrabel's job a little bit more safe. You can say it's injuries. I know they've already fired the GM, so you can go, hey, man, look, the GM trade away, A.J. Yep. Brown. He never got us a, the quarterback yeah, he was we wanted. not happy about that. So I think Vrabel can be safe if he beats Jacksonville. I, I, I'm guessing that this is more of a, hey, let's go ahead and not try hard so we don't feel bad when we lose. Right. I mean, and the players are going to try. Don't, I don't want to say that, but you're definitely going to rest, guys. For the Cowboys, this becomes an opportunity, though, if you're able to you know get a commanding lead early. And basically, if you're able to rest Micah Parsons more in this game and not play him so many snaps, let him, you know, not abuse his body as much. If you're able to get Cooper Rush in there in the second half, some, and let Dak Prescott not take hits as a sack if you've got a good lead, things like that. If you're for Dallas to get them just a little bit more, you get a big window afterwards because it's a Thursday night game, but these guys who are coming in beat up, like a Tony Pollard who's coming in beat up a little bit, Yeah. if you're able to go, hey, man, we'll let run Zeke a couple more plays, but you know maybe we'll put Davis in there and let him run the ball a couple times yep. because we got a three-touchdown lead in the third quarter, at the end of the third quarter. That would be a really good sign for Dallas. you got to be able to do that. That's hard to do on a Thursday night. It's hard to do in the NFL at all anymore. But if you're able to basically, if they're if they're throwing the white flag in Tennessee and resting a bunch of their guys, maybe you're going to be able to get a little bit more rest and get a little bit more, you know, not have your guys as beat up going in the locker room as you get to take a day off on Friday probably, come back on Saturday, Sunday, and see how you're feeling. Yeah, it's going to be a big, big challenge for everyone. And looking at the the way that the schedule is set up, if for some reason it comes down to Jacksonville and and uh, the Tennessee Titans, 
Jacksonville owns the tiebreak over the Titans right yeah. now. And the, what? Who do they play this week? It's a big game. They play Tennessee. Play Tennessee plays the Cowboys, but Jacksonville, I believe, they're playing, playing the Houston Texans. Texans, that's right. And because that was the question that I have for you. And then I also want to ask you a question about um, uh, JJ Watt, but we'll get into that. So it's going to be a big week, and depending on what happens, that is going to tell the tale of who is going to qualify for the playoffs and who is not. And then I still want to ask that question. Mike Vrabel, five games in a row, losing on Thursday. That will be six games. And I know all the changes and the turmoil, but is he is he getting them to that next level? And you know how quick this league will change on you. We've seen it quickly. Man, believe me, I wish somebody on my team would do that. I wish they'd get rid of somebody. I don't I don't know if that's going to happen. <laughs> but coming up next, we're going to talk a little bit in the flex. We're going to talk a little basketball, local basketball tournaments that are being played around here and keeping you up to date on what's going on with the flex. All that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn. Welcome back to midweek movie theme uh, edition of Ball Don't Lie. So my question right now is, I still don't know the movie yet, but is this Casey and JoJo? It is. I, see, I wanted to throw you a curveball here you did. in the second you one. Did. <laughs> and as I told, told you yesterday, man, I don't hear curveballs, man. I can't hit them <laughs> curveballs, man. It was, it was a tough, tough move for me right there, curveballs. Um, golly, dang, that's tough. I don't know. Let me see. That's number two. You said by number four, I should be in there. Yeah, by, by number three. So the next song, four o'clock. I, I'll just tell you, this the next song is about the movie. So Okay. Man. <laughs> I can't tell if it's a Christmassy movie or like a it's holiday not a Christmas movie. movie. It's, it's not, not a holiday okay. movie. Alright, All right, so maybe I'll wait till the next one and then all maybe right. I'll get it. Um, this segment right here is all about Flex. It's all about Flex ATX. Go to FlexATX.com to find out more information. Also go to find out on the social media, on Twitter, uh, Facebook, Instagram. Flex is doing all things big right now. And a lot of tournaments are going on across the Central Texas area. There's one in Bastrop. There's one in Hayes County. There's another one in Round Rock, the William Roberts Memorial Tournament. Uh, big tournament, bunch of teams that are there. San Marcos is there, Pflugerville, McNeil, um, Rouse, Round Rock, Anderson, Cedar Ridge, Westlake, Colleen, Texas, 250, holla out. And uh, Huddle are all playing in that tournament along with some other teams out of this area. And then there's also a tournament at Glen and Leander. They have their tournament that's going on right now. So I mean, Glen and Rouse. So make sure you check out Flex ATX for all the information. Snoop and the guys are still trying to update everything. There's been a lot going on. Uh, you know, during the holidays, it's kind of one of those moments where everybody kind of slows down, but then they pick it right back up. But Snoop and his crew, they are nonstop on the hustle. So make sure that you check that out. And we talked a little bit about this yesterday, talking about um, where Hudson Card is going. He is going to Purdue. He's made a move out there, another former guy that would have been on the all-flex team, I'm sure. 
but there's a lot to, to follow in whatever high school that you're looking at. There are also a bunch of basketball players that are trying to make some major things happen. Westlake is one of those teams that is looking to continue to make a big, big move. Uh, Round Rock and St. Michael's, they're trying to do some things in that tournament as well. But just make sure you go out there and follow those kids on the Flex ATX. A lot of kids are still making decisions on colleges. We'll have another signing day uh, in February. So there's still kids that are making decisions, and a big time is just about to start. Baseball season is right around the corner. I'm going to be doing some things with uh, Flex and baseball and talking to a lot of these coaches to get you some information about a lot of these players around in this area. Like I said, go to FlexATX.com for more details, and my man Snoop Snoop will keep you abreast of what's going on. Coming back at the top of the hour, we're going to talk to our man Anwar Richardson of Orange Bloods and let us preview uh, the games down in San Antonio, the game in San Antonio as the Texas Longhorns take on the Washington Huskies in the Valero Alamo Bowl. All that and more coming right back on 104.9 The Horn.